All right, guys. Very excited to have my guest today. He um, started a new, newish podcast during uh, quarantine, the Josh Potter Show. You also may know him from his great investigative work on uh, your mom's house. It's Josh Potter. What's going on, buddy? Hey, buddy. How are you? What's going on? Are you? Uh, you st- I saw you're starting a new YouTube channel. Is that, are you like no longer affiliated with YMH or? What's that? For? I mean, uh, yeah, I'm going on uh, my own YouTube uh, channel starting in May. So I'm getting people subscribed over there, uh, hoping people come on over. But yeah, no, it's um, starting in May. Yeah, that's when things switch switch on over. So yeah, everyone go subscribe. I, your, your show's fucking hilarious. And it's like, it's the perfect, the amount of sports you talk is perfect for me because I was like a diehard sports fan when I was a kid. And I've really fallen off the last few years, but I'm still like kind of into it. But the way well, you, you do it, the way you radio, do it, I think right? is perfect. I worked in sports radio. I mean, sort of. I was like a, I was in promotions. Um, yeah, well, that'll do it though. I mean, any sort of form of. Yeah, I was on that air, sort of grind. I, I was on air a little bit, like late at night when no one was listening. So we kind of just talked about whatever. But. Yeah, it's just being in that. I've noticed being in that world. Um, like around a bunch of tryhards and like people that take it like way too seriously, it ruins your love of it. So like I always wanted to do a show where it was like this isn't serious. Sports is not serious. It's like a game. So let's yeah. fuck around. Like why can't you do comedy shows about sports? Like all the sports people take it too seriously and they think you take away like legitimacy from some journalism journalistic aspect of it or whatever. It's but bizarre the guys that get angry about it and all worked up. Yeah. Or like if you fuck around, the, the best here is uh, so I, I'm on uh, the Kirk Minahan show once a week here, and he used to be in sports talk radio, right? So now he'll kind of fuck with those guys and uh, like, w- you know, we'll prank call their shows and all that type of shit. And like the indignity that they get, where it's like if they just fucked around and joked back with us, it'd be over. Yeah, that's if they just <laughs> you showed know what I mean? a little, um, an ounce of personality, it would be, it would actually make it 10 times better. You know, I don't, I don't understand the approach. I used to work in sports radio right? and I got like, basically it was getting to the point where they were like, we don't know what to do with you like anymore because they hired me to be funny. And then when I would be funny, they didn't like <laughs> right. the way that because I it was be too funny. funny. It was, they're not allowed to be that funny on the radio. Well, they're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I mean, you're going to get us in trouble kind of funny. So I was like, whatever. I, it, I, I lost my love of things too. Those my point. And then yeah. you had to, you had to have to refine it or whatever. So, but I appreciate the the compliment. Oh, you were in Buffalo radio, right? Yeah, but I didn't do sports in Buffalo. I did it in Cleveland. <laughs> no, I, I asked was... for I asked for a different reason. The Buffalo thing. <laughs> oh, did okay. you hear that story? Uh, the oh, guy, yes, did you yes, know yes, him yes. at all, I mean, Rob Letterman? I, I knew him too well. I uh, <laughs> I actually am gonna go into it pretty in depth on my show in the next episode. Oh, perfect. But uh, I don't. But I don't mind telling you. I uh, I used to work in the same cluster as that radio station. So we were 103.3 The Edge. They were 97 Rock. And they were always the, like, top biller. They were always the, like, flagship station of the whole cluster. So our morning show, though it wasn't technically against their morning show, we treated it that way because it was like, we're doing better in the ratings, but we get slighted by corporate, yada, yada, that kind of uh, thing. So we would shit on them all the time. I mean, all the time. And it used to be Larry Norton in the morning. It was a heritage show. It was on since like the seventies or some shit. But then our afternoon guy took over and that's bull. That's the guy that's on it now. I think that was in like 2015, but he had to keep all the parts of the show. So he inherited Rob Lederman, Chris, all the people on the show. So this whole thing happens. I don't know if you've talked about it on your program at all, but basically Rob compared uh, skin to toast or whatever yeah, the hell. yeah we did a whole thing on it. <laughs> okay yeah so you know the deal and while i'll never root for a guy to get fired for trying to be funny in right. any capacity this guy should have been fired 15 years ago for being a lazy uncreative hack you know okay. what i'm saying like <laughs> low rated yeah. i mean like there was no i don't know how he kept his job for so long and it's so funny to hear the corporate side of it be like he's uh, speaking against uh, our policies of speech or whatever the hell their right. justification was. This guy's been doing this hacky shit for like three decades. I used to do a character called racist hack comic that would just make fun of him like five, <laughs> like this is like in 2014 and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I mean, like, cause all his shit would just be like, 
ah, a person was driving bad, must be an Asian or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, that kind of yeah, shit. the obvious shit. Yeah, and he used to own a comedy club, or he still owns a comedy club in Buffalo that's like in the back of a restaurant. And before Helium came to town, that was the only comedy club that was around. So like, you know, of course, as a comic, I wanted to perform there. And he just like chalked me up as an open micer, which is fine. I get that part of it. But then when he would allow you to perform, he'd give you like a guest set. And he'd go up as the MC and do like a half hour before he'd bring you up. It'd be all crowd work. So like for a new comic to be like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, try and get you, I'm going to show you what's up and show you a real environment. Basically, yeah. basically it's like trying to teach a kid how to swim by throwing them off a cruise ship. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it just is set up for you to fail. So, I mean, he just took like, I don't know if it's pride or what, but I always like detested the guy. We ended up burying the hatchet later in life, but still, I'm just kind of like, it was more just kind of like let bygones be bygones. I'll, I didn't ever really have respect for the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like I said, I'm not going to like, I'll never champion a guy being fired for making a stupid joke. And I, and, uh, but at the end of the day, like I said, this guy should have been fired just for being bad at his job like <laughs> right. decades ago, you know? Yeah. That's and become... poor bull is the real fucking guy that like, yeah, he, he got lost fired from his other gigs. job, right? Well, Here's the thing about that, like Pagula, who owns the Sabres and the Bills, has been trying to cut costs for since pandemic began. So it seemed uh, like to me like they were just kind of like, this is a great excuse to cut another right. cost out of there. Because yeah, for him, him to in the article and it's K between quotes. Yeah. Like, that's his quote. <laughs> and, and, and to know how that show works and sort of the dynamics and the relationships there, I can tell you right now, Bull probably was like, this is, I'm not like signing off on this, but at the same time, he for all that bull is he's a great guy he's a nice guy he's a tremendous broadcaster he's knowledgeable about sports guy's not a comedian he is not funny so (laughs) yeah so he defers to rob in those sort of ways and for you know he was just letting the guy that has been there longer than him do what he does you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. he's what's he gonna step in and be like ah no and just derail he's just trying to get to the next fucking day so for them to fire him off of those things those ancillary things is pretty wild to me for sure but then you have Haley berry tweeting about it and stuff it just got really crazy yeah i can't believe it the, honestly the most offensive part to me <laughs> was the the two guys got in the most trouble but the woman i don't know who she i don't know if you know her at all but the woman that just yeah. throws out gail king for virtually no reason that yeah, was well, just she bizarre has, her her i mean she's you know not to shit on her I mean, she has nothing else to get fired from unfortunately so i mean like right. there's nothing to fire her you know what i mean like they suspended her and they can't be like well you know chris you're not able to do traffic anymore you know what i mean like what yeah, is she yeah. gonna get fired from so uh she's just again one of these people lucky to still be employed in the in the medium i mean it is such a you know every day you're you're like up oh, you know you're not banking on this being a thing for 20 more years i can't imagine you know what i mean every day you're just kind of checking off a thing like a prison sentence trying to collect your checks at this point yeah it's 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 funny because like i try to defend a lot that's my whole fucking thing is the cancel culture and all that bullshit and it gets to a point where it's like half of these people i don't know why i'm defending them because no i don't think the guy should have been fired at i don't think there was hatred in his heart like you said he's just a hack he was he made a joke but at a certain point, it's like you said, now I'm defending guys that for 14 years have been a hack. And I'm saying, please don't fire this man, even though the listeners aren't getting anything from him, you know? Well, that's, yeah, that's the issue too. It's like, I mean, like I said, I just happen to have a more intimate knowledge of these people than most people who see this kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, and also just the company, like going, like I'm, I'm more angry at them than I am at this guy for making this terrible. Like if I'm, if I were a a woke person, you know what I mean? Like if I were one of these people who were crusading on the internet, I would be more upset at this company for employing the guy for as long as they have knowing he does this type of shit all the time. This just happened to be the first one that someone, this wasn't even the first one, the guy that like raised the flag about this. Mm -hmm. He was a beat reporter for ESPN in Buffalo. And he's uh, the one who like encapsulated it. He's been kind of on this tirade for a while because of the fact that the last time he was on that show, Rob like wouldn't talk to him about football. He was just like, you talk good. You know what I mean? Like for okay. yeah. like wild shit like that. So he was like, this is fucked up. Like, why are you? And then he wouldn't, he, the other thing he kept asking him was like, which one of your coworkers would you fuck basically? It was like <laughs> the other thing. And he's like, I don't want to talk about this shit. You know, he's like an ESPN guy. So 
He's he was looking for like, reasons to get fired, basically. <laughs> well, so after after that in exchange, Marcel, the guy, the beat reporter, he what he went to like other people in the company and was like, "Hey, it's, this guy's doing this shit. That's pretty fucked up." And they're like, "Ah, that's just Rob, you know, whatever." Yeah. So it's not like anyone wasn't aware from this guy, let alone just the just look at his body of work. Like I said, I had done a character based off him for a couple of years called Racist Hat Comic. Like it was just like what I a parody of him basically and everyone knew it was him and everyone like laughed at it or whatever but yeah yeah radio is the i don't know your experience but it's just the slimiest business because it's it's like like you said everyone is they tolerate that for years or even like laugh along with it or whatever and then when they get caught or something happens it's like we find this absolutely reprehensible and it's all it's so funny dude yeah in the buffalo media like the news people that would go on that show and they knew rob forever i mean they used to do the Buffalo broadcasters um, like dinners at his comedy club where he would like be the master event. ceremonies. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it would yeah. be, they knew he would do those jokes. He'd be like, Oh, a Brown guy. What are you not in the kitchen? Like on state, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like everyone knew and you can see them now kind of like doing this, not like backpedaling, but like they're definitely like going like, maybe there's room for forgiveness. Like they're doing that MO is on, on the news as opposed to, the bent of like ruin his life kind of thing like they typically would so it's been very odd and strange locally uh with this story it was definitely one of the most talked about local stories and i feel like it's been a national story obviously with the temperature of the country and then you know having celebrities tweeting about it which is bananas most famous rob lederman has ever been well good for him he finally made it (laughs) did you originally want to get into radio or comedy or kind of a mix of both it was a mix of both. Like I, I wanted to do comedy on yeah. the radio and I thought that could be my life. And I got in it pretty early before like the economy door closed on it basically. And I got to see like bloated departments and stuff like that and money just being spent like crazy people with ridiculous salaries. Uh, but I saw the end of that, you know what I mean? And then yeah. I, I think I noticed it was definitely starting standup wasn't, my way out of radio by any means i didn't know if i i was gonna succeed at it or whatever it just was like another way to do comedy so i started doing that and uh sorry the garbage it's all good um i started doing that and when it started kind of like I was like, man, I'm making like just as much money doing this as I was doing stand-up. It's crazy. Or as doing radio, it's kind of crazy. So um, yeah, it just kind of like became one of those scale tipping situations. And radio was definitely not going to be a lucrative thing at any point. I could be the highest rated syndicated guy in the country. And my contract is never going to be a million dollar. They're never doing a million dollar deals again. For right. Terrestrial yeah. radio. They're not even doing six figures for a fucking morning show in a big, you know, a top 50 market anymore. So it's like, what are we doing? Right. Yeah. The, the, the company that I uh, used to work for Entercom, which seems to really be going down the shitter. Uh, they just changed their name to Odyssey. That'll I'm sure, which I'm sure will save them, but rebranding. Uh, it's like, so don't, I used to work for CBS that eventually got bought by Entercom, but I left before that, but Entercom right. was the other station or the other cluster in our, um, town you know mm-hmm. we had cumulus and they were uh intercom and then there was like there was a couple smaller ones but those were the two major ones and i remember i got a job offer from intercom and i was like this is it finally i'll be able to be like i'll be able to breathe a little bit i'll be able to save some money and they offered me the executive producer of their sports morning show one of the top rated morning shows in the city and they offered me eighteen thousand dollars, and i cried i was like this is the top of the game like <laughs> what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? I make more money now. Like I was like, this is insane. And I cried. And then I called my current boss and told him they offered me a job. And I told him they offered me like significantly more. And he just matched it without even asking any questions. So I was like, I like skated out of that one. But it's um, it's fucking nuts. So like uh, when I worked for like EEI, some of the the on-air guys, uh, especially the morning show made good money because they were like one of the highest rated in the country. But other than that, I remember he, someone told me, uh, like inside the building, that if you weren't high level upper management, uh, no one made more than I forget if it was fifty. I think it was fifty thousand dollars a year. Oh, of course. Which is wild they, for some of those people. 
I was the head of like six departments by the time I got out of radio and I never got a raise or anything. Right. It was just like, you want to have a job still? Well, then take on this one also. I was in the room when they'd fire a guy and be like, you're doing his work now. And then if you, what am I going to say? No. And then they're going to, they're just going to give it to that guy. You know what I mean? And fire me instead. Not, they'll be like, now you're doing his work. It's funny. I've never seen a technology go out of style, not because it was irrelevant, but just because of incompetence. Like that's the thing. It's really not irrelevant. You know what I mean? People are, people are in clubhouse. It could, that's radio. I mean, like exactly. Yeah. It's interactive radio, but it's like they're in every car. There's apps now. I mean, you can listen to it just like you listen to a podcast. Yeah, um, it's just so poorly run that they've gone down the shit. Exactly. Anymore. They just don't, they didn't believe in themselves anymore. They're just like, well, it's a utility and it'll never go away. And we can just throw commercials on it and blast them into this, into space. And someone's going to hear it. We can at least say that. So <laughs> now it's become bean counters and like just trying to shave everything off as much as they can at this point. Uh, so why the uh, why the move uh, out on your own from YMH? Are you are you working there by the way? Do you are you still like a producer on that show or? No, I am not on. I I'm I haven't been for longer than I've had my own show. Okay. Um, but um, I'm I'm gonna talk about it more like when I switch over. But it's there's nothing like salacious or um there's yeah. no like gossip involved with it or anything like that. It's just a literal matter of math. Uh, for not even for me like I I don't even want to leave really I mean no one wants me to leave and I don't want to leave but it's like it's just a literal like way things have been going in the pandemic and you know the future of what they're trying to do and then makes more sense financially or whatever yeah for them and uh and hopefully for me like the idea is hopefully for me too like I'm not going to just stop because I I'm not doing it on that channel anymore you know what I'm saying like yeah yeah so you know, hopefully I can make it financially beneficial for me. And I, and that thankfully doesn't require much. So it's, it's achievable. And since that's an option for me, then I can do that and be a non burden for them at this point. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do a great job hosting. So everyone go check out a Josh Potter show for sure. But uh, how, so uh, like I was saying, the first time I think I uh, was introduced to you, maybe not the, one of the first times was when you, uh, did some great investigative work into one Robert Paul Champagne. Oh, how, yes. I mean, I'm how, not sure how much how I harrowing was that. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Uh, of course, it was the experience was intense. And yeah. uh, but he's such a sweet man that it like I knew it wasn't going to be ridiculous. I didn't do very much investigating. All like, no, all I, was I did was <laughs> discuss uh, yeah, his life and the things that he's experienced. And um, he is a wealth of stories, whether fictional or non-fictional i mean who knows which yeah. side of the fence they can fall on but at the end of the day uh he's so interesting and i still talk to him and talk with him and uh you know hopefully we'll be doing some other things down the road who knows oh good yeah you, you guys did a great job with that uh, youtube video it was just strange to oh see thank you how that how that side of the world lives you know what i mean like where he's just literally soliciting people to come to his house and fuck him essentially <laughs> yeah i mean uh and then you come to find out that not many take him up on that offer and he just lives this particular life that's very odd and you know <laughs> sometimes i'm like did we dig a little too deep but maybe maybe it seems, yeah, yeah it was yeah. entertaining <laughs> right right um so yeah, one of the things i found i didn't know this until uh, a buddy of mine that's a big fan of yours as well mentioned it to me i didn't know you were uh, legally blind i mean i don't know that what's what constitutes you might know better than me what constitutes yeah. legally I don't know. So for me, I, I'm like in Massachusetts, there's something called the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind. And I've been registered with them since I was a kid. Um, and well, I guess legally blind is defined as I know if you're legally blind, you cannot get a driver's license. So if I walked in today, passed the driver's test, and then they found out I was legally blind, I still couldn't get a driver's license. I don't know the exact definition. Well, so I've never been classified as such because my eye doctor has always um, said to me, like, I'm not going to strip your independence away unless I find it, like, absolutely apparent. So he's always just, like, filled out my, like, I don't even, like, do the eye test at the DMV. But that being said, I haven't driven in three years. Like, I just, when I moved to L.A., I decided I'm not going to drive anymore for not just the... I do have a valid driver's license, okay. whether or not I should or 
You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. that's up in the air. The other day, I'll tell you this. I walked into a moat, just straight up walked into. I didn't so, know those I mean, still like, existed. Were you walking around a castle? Or <laughs> That's the thing. Like it was so weirdly placed. I'd never expected a moat to be in this location. And I went up to do Ali Makovsky's podcast and she has like a place she tapes it out at the hill in the hills somewhere up in Hollywood. And we walk in this door and I just thought like I was stepping aside from something onto like this floor. Nope. It is a body of water. And I went straight into it. I went submerged. Like it was like eight feet deep. It went, I was fully clothed, everything. And we both, I just met her. I'm like, nice to meet you. Splash. And then I, we we're just standing there, like, what do we do now? You know what I mean? It was, but it was you totally because I was blind. I mean, we know each other, but I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. I, we didn't like. We've never hung out or anything. Never had like more than a "Hey, what's up?" kind of situation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, just yeah, that, that, that's so, me on any anything other than flat land. That's me. Like just a couple uh, weeks ago, we were going to my girlfriend's uh, parents' house. And I was walking with, I had shit in my hands, like, you know, flowers or whatever the fuck I was bringing in. And uh, I, there was a step coming up that I did not see. And I just fucking tumble over and I'm all scraped up and my clothes are dirty. And I just, oh, I, I acted like nothing happened. I was just like, hello, how are you? That's what, when I got out of the modem, I just kind of did it nonchalant. I'm like, well, that was weird, but I'm soaking wet. Yeah, there's no like <laughs> brushing it off, but that's how I normally would. I've run into poles and stuff, but like, yeah. so I'm completely blind in my right eye altogether. It's, it's all blind, but okay. um, my left eye is still like with my glasses, which, you know, are thick and it's not obviously ideal. Yeah. I am like in the 2040s, like with the glasses, but it's still okay. like, you know, a little so, it's I mean, getting that, worse. Yeah. So that eye definitely would not constitute legally blind, but awesome. With the <laughs> with the two eyes, I don't know. I've never I am not sure how they would classify that. But that's gotta be I wonder. But it's if not twenty forty be on its own, you know, it's twenty forty with the aid of like very of thick glasses. glasses. Right, true. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder if that would be because I've got uh just shitty vision in both eyes, but I can see out of both. So I, I don't know which would be better because i don't have any depth perception i don't know that's tough what do you think would that's be the thing i don't have any depth perception because i'm missing one you need two eyes to have depth perception <laughs> right. so i have none of that and uh it didn't used to be in it like i've driven since i've lost my eye a lot like i drove i lost my eye in like 2006 and i was 20 so i drove all the way from for like another 13 years uh without my eye no accidents or anything really i've scraped my car on shit tons of times you know, yeah. mis misjudging like uh, the depth of something, obviously, but yeah, you know, for the It'd most be great part, if someone called you out for that, and you're like, "Well, I'm blind," and they're like, "They did." I mean, they do. Uh, well, my dad, uh... <laughs> I scraped it against the side of a, a house one time. My dad's like, "You drinking?" And so I'm like, "No, dude, I can't see, man." Like, <laughs> right. what do you fucking think's going on here? How did you? So, how did you lose the vision in that eye? I have um, macular degeneration. Oh, and... that's what I have. <laughs> oh, okay, it's cool. a different form, I'm guessing. Um, I mean, I'm just also so nearsighted, I think, well, this is the way they put it to me is like a combination of that and the degenerative retinas, like the way your eye gets oblong as you get nearsighted, it like, it just tore my retinas. And so I had multiple retina surgeries on both eyes. And this one was not as successful as the one that was over here. Okay. So this, this one, like they've botched it up a couple of times and the, there was too much scar tissue. And now basically they've got it so it can, I can keep the eye but um, I'm not going to be able to see out of it unless they do some crazy stem cell research or whatever to get retina transplants going or whatever. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, it's interesting. Cause I had, uh, yeah, I, I think I mentioned to you, we generally, when I have uh, comedians on, we talk, I try to make comedians unfunny. I'm like, so what's your mental health like? But oh, yeah. uh, I mean, I've bad. had uh, <laughs> the Next only stuff, other, no. the only other blind guest I've had was a kid named uh, Aaron Golub, who was the first, uh, Division One legally blind football player. He was just, he was oh, a wow. and uh, it was it was pretty annoying because I had him on and I was like, hey man, so does uh, does being blind ever get you down? And he's like, never once in my entire life. I've been positive. I've had, I have a great family and everything yeah. I do is terrific. And I was like, you motherfucker. So does that shit ever? Uh, and you know, I'm sure there are other things. I am the opposite. I'm the weakest person in the Thank history you. of time. Thank like, you. <laughs> 
I didn't know the extent of your blindness uh, yeah. in any in any way. So I didn't want to come in here and boo-hoo it because I didn't know if you were worse off and I'm going to make you feel like shit. But honestly, <laughs> God, dude, if I lost the sight in my last eye, I'm done, man. I'm checking. I'm, it's heroin time. Yeah. It's fucking, I'm done. I'm checking out because there's no, I can't. I mean, everyone that I know that's blind, blind, lost it either like very early or never had it to begin with. And I can understand getting through with that but i mean like i'm almost i'm 35 now and i've lived my whole life being able to see i don't want to try it the other way <laughs> you know right. what i mean i yeah. really don't and not only that and, but oh, uh, sorry, oh go sorry good no go ahead i was just gonna say i don't have like a wife or a girlfriend or i'm alone out here on the i don't even have family that lives around here and i'm so used to being alone and just like getting by alone that right. then i have to now rely on someone else who do i rely on i mean like that's the thing so i'm just like I'm going to get a dog or something like, yeah, I don't well, know. I are a nurse. Like I'm fucked. There's no, there's no <laughs> digging myself out of that. It's over. Like I, it's just best to wrap it up at that point. That you was know? me. That was me. Uh, you know, before uh, recently I had a whole uh, mental breakdown and I went off to uh, blind school basically where they kind of teach you to uh, do shit without your vision. Okay. Um, and th- th- I came out of that. I've had a much more positive outlook the last few months. But I would say prior to that, uh, I was always, yeah, I never, I never had a girlfriend or thing. I always lived alone and I was uh, fucking miserable all the time. But I thought it was like this, you know, this uh, brave thing. Like, I thought it was me being independent. I'm like, well, yeah. sh- yes, that's fine that I'm always miserable and talk about killing myself every day. But I'm doing all that on my own, which is pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, like, that's the other thing. No one wants to hear you talk about those things. I feel like, or I mean, I used to just like do it anyways. Like in my twenties, I would talk about being like, because it, it was still fresh for me, you know, like when yeah. I lost it and I didn't realize that I was like upset about that. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was just like my typical exactly bullshit, here, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but turns out it was probably driven mostly because of that. But I, uh, you know, I chalked it up to other things, girls or whatever else. And I would just go around being, you know, doing all the, the whole like self-deprecating suicide bits yeah. And I, I mean, being self-deprecating is my bread and butter. It will always will be, but I've, I've learned how to do it in a way that is more palatable, palatable to the everyday person. I suppose you could say mm-hmm. like on stage and stuff, you learn how to temper it, but I'm, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I'm, I, all those things I just said are true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right. I, uh, I mean, I'm very interested to hear what this blind school entails. I mean, do you like, I, I, I it's not a joke I have or anything like that, but I always think about it. I'm like, I have to learn how to read Braille. Like, I don't know. I did that. That was part of it. How hard is that to fucking, you have to relearn how to read? Well, for me, Josh, it was a breeze. Listen to this. (laughs) I picked it up so quickly that there were not one, but three cheating allegations lobbied against me. (laughs) Really? How can you cheat? What does that even mean? So uh, evidently, cheating would consist of uh, either being able to see the dots that was one of the accusations that I could see well enough, which still, I'm, I was like, you'd still have to learn Braille, right? I don't get what the difference yeah. is. But the and other the one... Way, if you could see the dots, then like, they should be celebrated. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. What are we or, talking to? They're like, you're not blind enough to be here. <laughs> or, or the other one was, and this was my favorite, uh, that I was some sort of a ringer because they thought that, that I had learned Braille prior to going to this place. But didn't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, because that's like something people do to get their jollies is like <laughs> just put a ruse on at the blind school. Fucking these people. I'm like pretty good, right? Ladies, huh? Look how fast there I is, can read uh, Braille. There's a blind school like right there across the way, across the, the major street at the end of my street here. Mm-hmm. And I see people with the sticks going by all the time. And they walk by way more confidently than I even walk being able to see at this point. I, know, I mean, yeah. it is crazy. Well, I got, uh, I have a cane now, which I don't always use, especially like if I'm with my girlfriend, I'm kind of all right. Uh, yeah. You're like, she's my cane, bro. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That's so, what I was, I want a seeing eye girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's delightful. <laughs> um, but, but sometimes I will use it and I, I never would at any time, especially like in high school and that shit, uh, because I was always afraid of being like judged or made fun of or whatever. And then it kind of dawned on me when I was at this place like, well, I've never seen a blind person with a cane and thought, like, look at this piece of shit. Look at this motherfucker <laughs> just leeching, no. leeching off of that cane. <laughs> it's There's like, a well, homeless... but, so why would anyone think that of me? You know, 
of course yeah there's a homeless guy that sleeps outside my apartment here that is blind and has a cane and uh you hear him from a mile away because he's also wasted all the time so he's like swinging it like a crazy person and it's hitting everything really loud but um i always just thought he was like me from the future like sitting outside my window being like here you here i am i thought you were gonna say i've always aspired to be that guy (laughs) no i'm trying my best to avoid it (laughs) i see that down the train tracks how i can become it and i'm trying to veer away from all that but (laughs) but yeah it is it is uh it's hard not to obsess over it and even i would do it in a way where like i wouldn't even necessarily talk about my vision in fact i tried not to but it would go i remember uh at at, when i was at barstool they would refer to me as a woe is me kind of guy and i was always like what the fuck why why are they saying that like no i'm not i'm not that kind of a guy and then it kind of dawned on me as i've had you know been in therapy and all that shit where the reason for that is i would always make jokes but like you said if I'm constantly making jokes, if I go right to like, oh, well, I kill, I'm, I'll kill myself or, oh, well, I guess I'm not good enough. If that's constantly your go-to, then people are like, right. well, well, fuck this guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it took, me a minute to, it took me a minute to learn that too. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. eventually it gets to the point where it's like, just do it, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people get so annoyed about hearing yeah. it already. And I, re- and I realized that through actually doing stand-up like taught me how to gauge those things. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah you get to a point where like so much self-deprecation you can just see the crowd is kind of like oh boy all right man like they have to like you in order it's like a weird it's this weird thing i don't even can't even describe it with words but it's this weird like benefit of the doubt thing you have to achieve before you can act that way and it's something that i i knew as a kid when i would make friends as a kid i had that going for me and i had to like recapture that you know what i mean like and not let and not be jaded or whatever so i totally get that and uh yeah i mean it's sometimes it's like you don't see that perception until you step away from it for a sec you know what i mean yeah are there any uh standard well like you said i you said you know you don't talk about it necessarily as much but uh, well i do here's the thing like i realized very early on like when i go out on stage for people who don't know me like it's been very different these last two years or so like Mm -hmm. now i'm performing in front of crowds that seemingly know who i am which is been a new challenge but like before i'd go up in front of people obviously they had no idea who i was and obviously they're looking like what's up with your eyes like so you have to address it do you know what i mean so i just had to learn how to do that in a way where it's like i'm just addressing this because obviously you're asking about it and it's kind of a disarming thing whereas you know um you know, before, like you said, I would be like, well, I'm more than just my eyes or whatever. You know what I mean? I got sick of talking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. But you got to realize people are just like, it's actually, it can ingratiate you to people because you're out of the way. You know what I mean? And I learned that through interacting with comics because comics, there's no like filter there. They'll just be like, what the fuck's up with your eyes? Like, they'll just ask you right. in the fucking green room or whatever. And that's almost better than, you know, the people skirting around it, I always thought so. I, I just learned how to talk about it. I think it's weird, at least with me, the instinct is to like ask me how many fingers they're holding up or something like that. It's like, well, that, well, what, those what are we... just hacks. Like, that's like, <laughs> I mean, you learn how to fucking deal with those dipshits too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but yeah, no one, no one, uh, I mean, think about the people that have asked you that. Do you respect any of them? Not particularly, but yeah, exactly. But it is, they're just, it's weird that blindness is the only one. Cause like, if you meet a deaf person, you're not like, well, can you hear me right now? Oh dude, I have this new, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's this new bit. I mean, when I say new, it's like, I started doing it before the pandemic, but I, I, I've been saying for a while, like blind people, they can, they make fun of me up and down. They're just like, nice glasses, fucking, you know, like, yeah, whatever, you know, like you know, they don't go up to people in wheelchairs and be like, you know, nice. Yeah, why don't you race me, bitch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So like, I'm, I'm actually like, uh, you know, advocating that we start making fun of other handicaps. We really more. should. They've had it too good for too long. You know, and we don't I get don't... anything. We have to learn how to read a new thing. We have to fucking get a yeah. stick and shit. They <laughs> people in a wheelchair get like a parking space. They get to go ride Disney World rides on the front. You know. Yeah. They get they get all the perks. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, the, the first one of the first things I noticed about you with the podcast. I, I'm sure I'm the only person that would notice this, but it stood out to me. I was like, oh, he reads very well. For like, oh, okay. like knowing you. you were blind, I was because I can't do that. Like. If I were to read, I would sound like the uh, fat kid in Billy Madison. Like I can't do it that because I only see it as spots in my eyes. So I have to like. Well, that's why I use start papers. every letter. I mean, I'm not reading off a prompter because it's like so much harder for me to read from across the room. Like I remember 
in school, like in college, we'd have to do like the mock prompter reads for, yeah. I forget which class it was, but we'd sit there at the desk and do the prompter reads. And I was like, just give me a script. You know, yeah. I can read it so much better. Sorry, I'm not looking at the camera, but guess what? Like, this is what, like, I, I argue all the time. What's the fucking difference? Like the people staring at the camera, you don't, you don't think the people at home who are intelligent realize they're reading from a prompter. Like I'm reading just as good as they are like naturally, just because you see me reading the script doesn't change anything. Do you know what right. I mean? Like right. you're not, it's, this isn't fucking 1932 where people are like, Oh, look, he's just doing this all off the top of his head. Yeah. People know teleprompters exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a frustrating thing too, to kind of accept and realize uh, that people are genuinely or generally trying to be, helpful and like mean well they aren't trying to fuck with you because they don't realize that you've gotten these questions seven thousand times before like i even thought uh i think on your last episode of the josh potter show um your producer said something like uh do you really have to get that close to read or something like that which as a blind yeah. guy annoyed me i was like hey fuck you <laughs> but then i realized like he's genuinely asking even though you've right you know Right, right. No, I mean, like, they don't know, they're not living in it every day, so they don't know the right. extent to what it is, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just something that, like, it is a real ego thing where it's, like, you have to just let it melt off you and just be, like, yeah, people are going to have questions, you know what I mean? And I feel like if more people with other uh, disabilities or what have you were as um, open to answering those types of just raw questions we wouldn't have to tiptoe around things so much you know and people would be a little more uh, yeah. apt to knowing how things work or whatever and they wouldn't have to ask so many questions after a while and i also had to realize like what a hypocrite i am too because i would get mad at that like i would get mad at people kind of uh, you know mocking you or whatever but i would also get mad at people trying to uh like you know if someone says like hey there's a step coming up it's like i fucking see it leave me alone <laughs> so oh, i would get mad dude. at the people helping me and not helping me <laughs> That was always the worst. People trying to be like genuinely helpful in that way. I'd be like, all right, I see it. I, it just like, let me walk it. I mean, granted the moat situation just happened, but it's like, yeah. just let me fucking fail. You know what I mean? Like I'll right. miss the step. I'll miss the step, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what, like, if, uh, you know, and if you... I miss it, don't be like, ho, 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 like we know, dude, like, <laughs> right. It's going to happen. Yeah. But it's, it's also not fair because like with my girlfriend, She'll do that sometimes, even like, oh, there's a curb coming up here. I'm like, I see it. But if I tripped over that curb, I'd be like, where the fuck were you on that one? You know, I know so it's, not, it's not totally fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame anybody for that. I don't yeah, really, but, but I usually in my don't mind, have I'm like, around. I wish they told me, you know. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, so what do you, you, you do deal with depression and things like that? Is it, I mean, specifically targeted to, towards your disability or no? I mean, I don't know. I've, I've always had it, and I just thought it was like, what makes me good at what I do or whatever. Right. And only recently have I gotten tired of it. Like, I think pandemic really like put it on its ear. Like once I lost stand, like stand up distracted me from it and sure it was existing, but it wasn't like, like I could stand up as like Zoloft, dude. I mean, it is fucking, um, I'd be depressed about like my life, I guess, or like where it was in yeah. terms of like where I was in maturity or whatever. But stand-up was always like, well, at least I have this, that, or the other thing. And I could lose myself in that. It would make me happy. I'd be surging from it. I have a sense of confidence and swagger. But after you take away that, and I was left with, like, literally nothing else going on. I'm like, oh, my God, I've been, you know, right. drowning in this whole thing. And now I have, like, I'm alone. You know what I mean? I don't even have, like, meaningful friendships that haven't been cultivated since I was a child or whatever. So I'm sitting there just going, like, fuck and um it's definitely made me go like i have to address this now whereas before it was just like i would just live in it and just be like it's a part of me do you know what i mean yeah exactly is it, it's a funny thing but it's too, not really stemming from the i don't think it's i think it's a lot of things is sorry not not answer your question about the eyes no, thing, please. Yeah, yeah. i think obviously it's in there somewhere it has something to do with it right um the trauma of it or whatever i guess but there's other things that I like. It's just a layer on the cake, really. You know what I mean? Sure. It's the same with me, too. Whereas sometimes uh, my therapist will be like, uh, well, 
you have to remember, like, if we're talking about my childhood, he's like, well, you were a blind kid. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with this. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with why I was mad that girls didn't like me when I was in fucking, you know what I mean? Like, there are other things <laughs> that can piss you well, off yeah. when you're a child. You know, it doesn't always have to come back to that. So that was kind like of like I said, uh, I always said, like, if I had two fully functioning eyes, would I just automatically be happier? No. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if there's other things that I'm upset that I'm not better at, like, I'm not a better son or a better boyfriend or a better, you know what I mean? Like in any given time. So it's like those things don't change all of a sudden because I can see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I, I always said, I don't know if I have like depression or not. And uh, when I went to my doctor to get medication and everything, they give you kind of this like test where there's this weird point system basically. And if you score a certain amount of points, they're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so the more questions I was answering, I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes. I talk about killing myself every day since I was 15 years old, but like, doesn't ever, I'm joking around, right? Everyone does that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. Yeah. I'm joking, but I want to do it. Is that not, no, is that not what everyone does? And it's funny when your eyes are open to that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, Oh, that's not how everyone thinks, I guess. No, not at all, actually. And uh, you know, it's, it's so weird. Like I don't even, it's like, yeah, I'll make the jokes. But like I said before, like I've stopped, doing that aspect of like well like of course i hate people know i hate myself you know what i mean or at least i would think that that at least but i have the ability to step outside of that at this point but at the same time it's like yeah people are just like no you're severely like people have just said that you're (laughs) severely depressed i'm like oh yeah no i guess i am you know what i mean like i'm like why why can't i get out of bed for like three days you're like that's depression i'm like oh i just thought it was because i was like not sleeping great yeah like, well yeah no because because you're depressed bro <laughs> yeah in a case <laughs> yeah. of the mondays you know <laughs> yeah exactly um i so i don't know i haven't heard you talk much about this did you ever uh are you sober or are you into drinking or drugs or anything like that all of it i mean i'm not sober oh it's still currently all. oh yeah i mean like yeah. here's the thing i don't i don't do it in excess yeah uh probably some people would say maybe it is an excess i don't know but it's like I'm not sober, but I'm also not like off the rails in any capacity. I mean, if you could argue one thing, it'd be weed, but it's like, I don't know what's off the, you know what I mean? Like, do I smoke more than the average bear? Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm still a functioning human being or whatever. No, I would say like the depression is affecting him more (laughs) in terms of things like that. Like, but, um, I don't, um, the shitty part is like, I haven't been to a doctor in a bazillion years. I haven't even been to an eye doctor bazillionaires um, that's i i would say so this is my i mean do whatever you yeah. want obviously but this is my perspective on it now because i didn't go forever uh yeah. I, I stopped going when i was i think like 16 i think i was still in high school when i stopped going because uh i would have a yearly appointment and yep. they'd be like uh hey you're still blind and there is uh, no cure for it <laughs> yeah no it so just I'd, get worse every time yeah so i'd be like all right thanks <laughs> thanks for the update i knew that yeah um, so I just stopped going and then eventually it got to a point where I was like, Oh, I'm, it's not just that I'm not going. It's that I'm completely ignoring any steps that could take, could be taken to, and nothing's going to prevent me, like my vision getting worse or anything, Yeah. but different technology that I could use or being more accepting of, like I said, using a cane or even something as simple as, uh, you know, putting labels on your fucking microwave or something. So, you know, where the buttons are, that type of shit. Um, it, it does help just because it kind of keeps you aware of uh, what your vision is and, and more, being more open to talking about it, I guess. Of course. Like I'm not discounting its benefits at all. I just don't, I've never been a person that did it like without being forced to go, which is unfortunate. Just like, I don't know. It's the, probably the, the depression thing too. You know what I mean? Like right. I just can't bring myself to do it. But I had like, um, you know, because I have retina specialists and I would have to go there for checkups every year. And I would just and the first time I remember, I just started blowing it off. But then I went back when one tour and they were like, you should have been coming in. They like lectured me about it. And I freaked out on them. I'm like, fuck you. I don't give a what are you fuck? Just fucking fix it. Like, what are you going to die? Fix it because I didn't come in here for checkups. And they were like lecturing me. I get that they were doing it because they were like. But at that point, it's like, it's done, bro. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. And that's and, also uh, wrong, too, because it's none of their fucking business. You know what I mean? How you want. Exactly. Live. Exactly. But I mean, um, as far as my like, you know, it's been weird too. like my optometrist I've had since I was like a little kid and I know he's still going 
and he still has me as his patient, but he's also like back home. He was, he, I was going to him regularly. Obviously I live in Los Angeles now, so mm-hmm. I can't go all the time, but like, I know he's going to retire and I just don't want to find another one. It's, it's like one of those things too. It's like, right, right, right. he's been my fucking guy about my eyes since I was two years old. I mean, like, yeah, I, think I don't about know. That it's sometimes just, with, it's going to be think, so weird. I think about that with my therapist where he's, uh, I think he's in his seventies. And I'm like, oh, gee, he's going to die eventually. And I'm going to have to find, like, I like this guy, you know, it's a very selfish thought, but I am like, oh, yeah, how is this going to affect me? You know, that's one thing people are like suggesting and maybe I'll dive into here in the next couple of months, but therapy or whatever. So yeah, I haven't done any, I haven't done, I've done literally nothing. I'm uh, I've never been on medications of any sort, but I also feel like, you know, other than my eyes, my health has been, I feel like pretty immaculate like not yeah. you know what i mean like i don't have anything where i've just been like ignoring immensely right. um then again i don't know if i have or not because i don't go so i just feel like it's been one of those things but i am like i do think about that i go for all the problems i have with my eyes everything else has been pretty top-notch you know what i mean yeah and even with with therapy my thoughts are and again not preaching to you do whatever you want but my thoughts on that are even if you don't think you suffer from depression i just think it's good to have someone to dump your problems on for an hour you know what i mean like it is, oh sure it's it is mental a relief. gymnastics or whatever yeah. mental aerobics so i mean yeah, yeah it's something but even beyond that i've helped that betters you corrected things in my life as well you know for sure it betters you because it makes you focus on things that you don't otherwise right uh think about by yourself you know right um and i get that it's the same thing as like going to the gym is obviously beneficial i haven't done that in a while I, you know what i mean like right. so it's just a lack of like it's a lack of um, self-worth and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, so I mean like I don't put anything into me to better me because I'm like, fuck me anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, right. that's the thing I have to like overcome, I suppose. Yeah. There was the a lot of, of time. There was a lot of time where uh, uh, I would say food is my addiction more than anything else. And there were a lot of times where I'd try to get healthy and eat right and everything. And, but then most days were like, Oh, well, who's going to want to fuck me anyways? You know what I mean? Or like, what's the difference if I'm 20 pounds overweight or 40 pounds? I might as well enjoy uh, life while I have it. (laughs) You know, like that was my excuse for eating shittily is like, ah, who gives a fuck? You know, I consider myself lucky that I don't, I have nothing about, nothing about food. Do I find addictive? If anything, I'm the other way around. Like I might have a problem in terms of just like, I hate the idea of like eating. I just hate it. Like, I like the idea of like going out to eat or whatever. If it's like a meal, it's planned out or whatever. Sweet. But like the everyday arduous whole, like we have to eat every day. That shit. I hate it. So like, I'll go days without even eating, but you know, people say that's unhealthy in itself, but I do love drugs. Um, not to the point of like, you know, if I do Coke or whatever, I don't wake up the next day and go like, I need to do more of that right now. Like, yeah, goes, that's good. you know, I can go months <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Like really the only one is weed that I use on a regular basis. I mean, I'll drink, but not every day. I mean, but I'm, I still like going to bars and like watching sports and I drink really? when I go to shows and stuff like that. I find that interesting only because I hate going to bars and things. Not because once I'm sitting down, I enjoy it, but I, no, hate, I, get, I hate that I, one minute where I'm walking in and can't see a fucking thing, you know? Oh, dude. I mean, I get that part of it. It's a familiarity thing too. Like you got to find your spots or whatever. And it's yeah. like, I don't like just walking into a crowded bar and watching a sporting event. I like knowing where I'm going and stuff like that. Or like, I like going to a quieter one, right. but even still, I like going like if my friends know the situation or whatever, and it's like, it's going to be like this. They tell me like, I'm not just walking in without understanding the circumstances. You know what I mean? Some places you're like, well, that, I've been there. It sucks. But then you talk about another one. You're like, I can go watch a game there yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get to saddle up at the bar, sit in the corner or whatever, and watch on this TV or what have you. So you, you find your situations, you know? I just like being out and about. And I think that's like one thing with quarantine that I notice. like I'm used to being alone, but I'm alone in public. Like I like going to a comedy club or like, a, like I said, a bar, or a dive bar or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if I'm alone. Yeah, that's, a, that's another one too where it's almost – good to have a cane or something to kind of signify that you might need help. Maybe not for you, but I know you probably deal with it just going into different comedy clubs. They haven't been doing shit like that where, Oh yeah. I I mean, it's dark. I I have to be like, Hey, can you just show me? Like I asked them like, Hey, where's the, like, which way do I walk to get up there? And they'll show me. And then that's good. Cause I I would never do that. And I, it dawned on me at 
29 years old. <laughs> it took me that long to realize that before, like if I ask someone for help and say I'm legally blind or I have a cane or whatever, then people will go, oh, there's a nice blind man looking for directions. Whereas before I would like stumble into a place and bump into things and they just thought, oh, here's a shit-faced homeless maniac. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it looks much more normal if you just ask for help. Yeah, I guess I just don't have a give. I don't. I never gave a fuck about what people perceive me as. So like, oh, I'm very self conscious of that stuff. I just walk. I walk into stuff all the time, and like, people will be like, "You all right?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm just fucking blind and dumb and whatever." And then they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. "Okay, well, like, I, I mean, there have been comedy clubs where I'll just walk into or like bump into a table or something. And everyone gets it, especially if you just got done talking about it for ten minutes on stage or whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I've always, I've also learned. Maybe this is just over time, but I feel like it's been a while. But then again, I just fell into a fucking moat. But um, it's I'm usually like not very cocky when I walk into a dark room. I'll just be like, all right, I'll let my eye get adjusted. Yeah. And then I'll be like, if I'm really fucking fucked, I'll have someone help me. Like, I mean, I, I still went into like haunted houses and shit back in the day. And like, yeah. I just, you know, I'm really good at like touching someone in front of me and like minding my footsteps. I feel like I'm very agile on my feet. Like I have great balance despite the lack of eyes. It's funny to hear your kind of perspective on it because it sounds like we handle it almost the exact same way. Like I do pretty much everything you said, but in my, I was just a ball of anxiety while I was doing it where you're like, yeah, I don't mind asking for help. I'd be like, oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm so embarrassed. I'm a, I'm a loser. Yeah, like that's I would the thing. Go down I, the shame I, spiral. I lost all embarrassment for most things. And especially my being blind, like I do not have embarrassment surrounding that in any way. Um, and, and like I said, like, I don't know if this is related in any way, but I have a, just a lack of, of shame or embarrassment, mm -hmm. but then I can like take myself out of myself and pile it onto myself where I'm just like, you're a fucking embarrassment. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, like, it's through hating myself that I do not have an ego when it comes to that. Cause it's like, well, of course, like, I don't, I don't think of myself as like being anything above a level of scum therefore yeah. like why would i be embarrassed about anything like i'm worthless like of course do you know what i'm saying like i don't know yeah which i imagine is pretty beneficial for stand-up i would think uh yeah it's it has been it's been weird like out here in la like it's so funny like you talk to like a manager or something or one of these people who like want to like work with you and like it's so refreshing you're just so genuine and you're like okay but really, it's just like I fucking hate myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's... and that also means you're a person. And you're not a complete phony. Well, well you know? yeah. Well, it's funny though, is a lot of people hate themselves, but they uh, react to it in a different way, where they overcompensate in the other way, mm -hmm. where they like are always chasing this respect or whatever. Or, like, they think they're getting slighted at every turn, so they lash out in that way. And I've just never, I've gone, I've leaned the opposite way. Where it's like, well, of course I'm getting slighted. You know what I mean? Or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I find that interesting. How's uh, how's LA looking? Is it the mass exodus that it seems like for comedy? Or is everyone moving to Austin or is it still? Here's the thing. I mean, there's so many people moving, but at the same time, there's just as many people not moving. Right. Um, I mean, sure, it looks like shiny and wonderful down in Austin. I mean, trust me, I'm, I'm still kind of like, do I go or not go? I don't know. Yeah. But um, I feel like I can just visit enough. But at the same time, it's like, there's just nothing. I mean, like, it's slowly getting better in terms of things opening up again but i mean it has been the most shut down place in the world and to no benefit by the way like we had just as much you know i don't know if we had just as many cases as if it was all opened up or whatever but at the same time we were the epicenter of the virus while being completely shut down so it was like what are we doing you know <laughs> and uh it's just like a fucking hellscape here in terms of homelessness and just you know you walk down melrose and it's like for sale for lease for sale like boarded up everything it's just sad you know what i mean and i've yeah. only lived here for i haven't even lived here for four years it's coming up on four years this fall and i've watched it just change so extremely and i'm not even like from here or anything you know what i mean but i've it's it's so drastic that even i can see the difference you know were you in uh were you in new york before la or no, I've lived in Buffalo all the way, basically all the way up until I moved here. Okay, so you had to do stand-up. You started in stand-up out there, basically? Yeah, I started in Buffalo. I mean, like, the great thing about stand-up is if you get some road traction, which is all I ever wanted. Yeah. And uh, you can do it from anywhere. And I was doing it from Buffalo, and I wasn't, like, killing it, but I was making, like, enough money. And then um, 
I came out here to try and accelerate. And thankfully I did because now I can, you know, sell some tickets here and there. And it's like a different ball of wax as opposed to just like going out there and hoping you can get a gig, you know? Yeah. Have you done much since we started opening back up or at, through the pandemic at all? Have you done much stand up? I mean, I did um, not. I mean, obviously as a person who did it as many days of the week as they possibly could, this past year has been basically nothing compared to that. Um, but I did get a couple tour gigs throughout it. And like uh, the last little run I had was in November, right before they shut everything down again. So I got like Nashville, Phoenix, and someplace in Al- oh, Huntsville, Alabama, all right before the second wave. And then I just went out in March 21st, so like 10 days ago, I was in Florida doing a show. And now things are starting to slowly open up. So I got like a date in San Diego this weekend. And then I got like one club day in Omaha in May and then two in Florida in June. So it's like so few and far between, but it's like slowly coming back here and there as much as you can. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it just blows that I can't get on stage like every day to prepare for them quite yet, but it's things are picking up a little bit here. Like the shittier mics are starting to come back Yeah, and eventually hopefully the store comes back and you know, the other clubs. Yeah, it's going to be weird because I think there's going to be a rush for people to put out specials and shit like that. And I feel like you're, you're going to see some bad ones because no one's able to work their shit out, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why anyone would rush it, but I mean, people to each their own. Yeah. Um, it sucks for me because I had like one ready to go and it was going to get taped last year. And then that got all kiboshed. So I don't even know where that stands at this point. And uh, I still have that hour. And I'm like, do I go on the road and blow my load in these cities to like limited capacity or do i just wait a little longer i've waited a fucking decade i might as well wait a little longer so that's kind of why i'm like not hitting the road super hard but i just got to get out there and like do an hour you know what i mean like to just get back up to speed so yeah yeah it's it'll be weird to see i did go i've gone to one club around here where it was it was actually not bad like if you didn't tell me it was a pandemic other than the masks it would seem somewhat normal it's just that actually it's kind of nice if you're in the audience of a comedy club because you're sitting a distance an appropriate distance away from people rather than on each other's laps <laughs> so that was almost yeah, the no, nice that was always yeah I, I i mean as a person who never sits in the audience i loved them being packed in it's just so much it's like shooting fish in a barrel it's just more of a wall of sound but i mean like I'm used to performing in two like empty ass rooms. So like, this isn't a, I'm not so far removed from performing in in shit rooms. You know what I mean? Where everyone's spread out and there's only a few people that I can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? There's people that have not done that in years. And so they're having a little bit of an adjustment period. Whereas I'm like, I've come from this. This is like, I'm selling tickets now. And like, that's always been the goal and the dream. And so now it's just a matter of selling more and more. But <clears throat> like, if a, if I sell thirty tickets, I'm pumped for that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So 150 tickets is like a a giant score for me. So like the people that are not used to like selling only 150 tickets, you know, in a room that's supposed to hold 300 people or 500 people, it's weird for them. But for me, I'm like, well, this is like better than I've ever had it. So I mean, right. like, but at the same time, it's like, well, man how sick would it have been if I could sell 300 tickets and I did, that would be like, it'd be great. Wow. <laughs> it would be wild. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, I, will I, I ever, I think, we'll get back. I think we'll get back to that pretty quickly and hopefully you can shoot your special soon. Cause I'd be pretty excited to hear that. And I think we accomplished a lot here today. We're going to get you in therapy. Uh, you're going to learn Braille. Is, is yeah. all this correct? <laughs> well, I mean, these are all things on the uh, docket that have yeah. always been there as a to do. I don't know whether or not this, this is going to be the tipping point, but no, I always no, know they're always be. in the, they're always, <laughs> I inspire they're a lot of in the front of the mind. Uh, so hopefully maybe we can do that down the road. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. Well, thanks for having um, me, dude. Anytime. I've been brother. a big fan of yours too, by the way. I mean, I've known your shit for, I mean, since you were at Barstool and oh, really? like Kirk show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. All right. You're a Kirk fan too. Yeah. I mean, I listen to everything that goes on over there pretty much. Cause I, especially during pandemic, I have no, life and i i mean like yeah, I, become, yeah, yeah. I become friends with uh kevin over there through oh, all uh, this Clancy? but um yeah and yeah. so i just told i tell him i'm like i watch just about everything that goes on 
and all the spot things spun off of it just because I it feels like I have friends all of a sudden. You know? <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Clancy's a huge fan of stand-up fan too, so that's a good guy to uh, be. Oh, you know, what yeah, you he's love? the man. If you if you like Kurt, are, are you aware of uh, the case coming out next week? The case. Yeah, uh, the, Kirk's, um, Kirk's got a the, true crime podcast, which based on what right, I know about right, you, I think you'd right. like it. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was about something else. I thought you were talking about, but no, yeah, no, I, I, I am familiar that that's uh, happening, so I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, man. So uh, go check out Josh Potter, the Josh Potter Show, new YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Give Josh uh, five stars everywhere you're listening to this. And uh, Josh, thanks for coming on, man. I hope to have you on again soon. Maybe when you come to Boston. Yeah, for sure, man. I'd love to. I, I haven't been to Boston since right before pandemic. I was there in January 2nd through 4th of 2020. So that was my first headlining weekend, actually, oh, sure. of that tour. So I hope I can get back there soon. Yeah, I hope so, too. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk to you guys next Yeah, time. thanks for having me, man. We'll see you soon.